We are going to be in Daniel chapter 1. All right, Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. Now, if I was to say what is the most important thing that you can do as a Christian, what would you say? Huh? Share the gospel. Perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. All right. Sharing the gospel. We would say that as Christians, we've been given one command by Jesus, right? One singular main command is that is this, and that is to share the gospel, to take the good news of Jesus to everybody who needs it, right? And this is what we talk about. It's something called the Great Commission, Matthew 28, when Jesus, uh, after his resurrection, he is ascending to the Father and he tells his disciples, to go and make disciples of all, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, know that I am with you even to the end of the age, right? This great commission, and we've been talking about this on Sunday mornings a lot, right? How, how this Who's Your Neighbor series, and we are called to take the gospel to our neighbors, to, to help, to be a part of the mission of Jesus, and t- like I talked about Sunday, right? To go after the lost sheep, right? To go after the one, and how we're talking about, man, like we're called to do this. this and I want you to understand something, that if we're not sharing the gospel, as Christians, if we're not sharing the gospel with people who need it, then we're wasting our time. Just want you to know, right? If we're, if we're, ta- if we're talking about, man, like, the, what's up? Or there's people that are sick and you do nothing about it, right? We're talking about this idea that, man, this is the one thing that we are commanded to do as Christians. I want to be honest and don't, don't raise your hand. I would be willing to bet m- may, m- probably half the people in this room, being generous, have never done it. And I'm not talking like invite someone to church. I'm talking sit down with someone and explain the gospel to them. Now, I understand that there's obviously relationship building that gets to that point, and it's not necessarily easy, and I understand that. But we got to understand that, man, this is important. This is the one thing that we're called to do, but what's even more difficult about sharing the gospel is that we live in a world that is so anti-gospel, right? We live in a world that hates the things of God, that hates the things of Scripture. Now, here's the thing we need to remember is that, that people may like the idea of Jesus, but they hate the gospel. And we're called to take the gospel to people. And the question is, man, like, how do we be faithful in a world that is so foreign to the things of God? How do we be faithful foreigners in the season of life that God has placed us in, right? How do you, as a middle school student, be faithful to take the gospel to people who want nothing to do with it? And see, here in the book of Daniel, we kind of pick up an interesting point in Israel's history. So Israel has been, uh, there was a season of their life, where, or a season in Israel's history where they were disobedient to God. They split into two kingdoms, and ultimately the kingdom of Judah was conquered by Babylon, and they were taken into Babylonian captivity. This is what that, that's what this means. They're taken into captivity, and here's what the Babylonians would do. They would take every, they would take the best that a nation had to offer, Right? So let's say that I was Babylon, and I came in, and I conquered all of you. What I would do is I would find the smartest of you. I would find the wealthiest of you. I would find the most gifted of you, and I would place you into kind of an academy or a school-type thing where basically I would rewire everything about you, and I would make you Babylonian. 
I would change the language you speak. I would change the I would change the your name. I would change the way that you would dress, the food that you would eat, the religions that you would practice. I changed everything about you. And what I would do is I would take the best that this group has to offer and I would use it for my benefit. That's what the Babylonians would do. And this is where we pick up in the book of Daniel because you have th- four people here, Daniel and f- three of his friends that are placed into this academy, so to speak, and they are put in a difficult position. Is Are they going to be faithful in, when they are literally in a land of people that hate the God that they worship? Are they going to be faithful when they are in a land where the people hate the God that they worship? Worship. And so I'm going to read to you Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 16. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed his vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. See, that's that, like, academy school type thing I was telling you about. The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate, and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But, ah, look at you picking up on stuff. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him to not defile himself. And the reason is, just so you guys know, the reason that he would feel that this food would defile him is because it was food that the Jews or the Israelites would consider that it was unclean according to the law, right? So most likely it was food that was sacrificed to idols, and, and he didn't want to make himself unclean. He didn't want to break God's law in doing this. So he asks to be dismissed to not have to partake of this food. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you are in worse condition than the youths who are, in your, who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. So the, 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 the guy here, he's basically saying, look, like, if I don't give you the food that the king's assigned and you're not healthy like everyone else, I'm going to get in trouble, right? Then Daniel said to, the stu- uh, said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Dan- Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and wine and uh, t- that they were to drink and gave them all vegetables. All right. So we see Daniel is in a difficult position, right? He is in a position where he is surrounded. He has been ripped from his home. Right? He's been ripped from his home. He's been ripped from everything that he knows. 
And he's been taken and placed into a, a, a land where the people do not speak the same language. They do not worship the same God, that they have different morals, different values, and they even hate the things. They are opposed to the things that da- Daniel is committed to. So the first thing we're going to see is the circumstances of Daniel's faithfulness. Will Daniel stay faithful no matter the circumstances? See, they're stripped from their homeland, families, and everything that they knew. They were taken to a land full of idol worship, pagan gods, a foreign culture with no idea what awaited them. And Daniel is being thrown into a pretty difficult situation. Are you going to eat the food or not? But here's what we see is that Daniel did not choose his circumstances but he chose to remain faithful in his circumstances. It can be very easy for us as Christians, let's just be real, it can be very easy for us as Christians to allow our circumstances to determine our faithfulness, isn't it? It's like, will I be faithful even when it's hard? I, there's, a lot of people that, there's a lot of people who will say this, well, look, I would be faithful to God if I had the same parents as this person did. Like, yeah, if I grew up like that person did, I would be faithful too. Or if I had the job or, th- or if I had the friends that this person has, but I don't. What do we do? We try to justify our sinfulness, right? What we need to understand is Daniel is in a difficult position. He didn't choose his circumstances, but he chose to remain faithful. And I want you to understand something, that you always have a choice to be faithful to God. Always. You always have a choice to be faithful to God. See, Daniel is in a position, if you think about it, the reason that Israel is in this position, the reason that Daniel and all his friends and family are all in this position is because of Israel's sin. But what we see is that Daniel is actually incredibly faithful to God. Throughout the book of Daniel, we see that Daniel is a man who's extremely faithful to God, yet he is in a situation where God is disciplining the people of Judah, right? So what we, here's just as a side note. That your, consequ- that, that your sin will always have consequences that are, will affect people other than just you. See, Daniel did nothing wrong, but he's being wrapped up in the consequences of other people's sin. And a lot of times we like to think that, you know what, I'll be unfaithful because it's only going to impact me. But I will guarantee you that that is not the case. Right now, your decisions will impact your friends. Guaranteed they will impact your parents. They will impact the people you care about when you get older. And Lord willing, you get married. Your sin will impact your spouse, impact your wife or your husband. If you have kids, they'll impact your kids. A sin rarely stays with the person who is committing it. But it seems like this is kind of unfair, right? It seems like Daniel's being punished for something he didn't do. But here's what we see, though, is that how is it that they were in captivity? Verse 2, it says, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, right? We need to understand that God is the one that allowed uh, this whole situation to happen. God is the one who allowed Daniel to be taken into captivity. Here's what we need to see is that Daniel, God had a specific purpose for Daniel. God had a specific purpose for Daniel. And see, here's the thing. God may sovereignly send you to a difficult place in order to make his glory known. Right? God may send you to a situation that is difficult. Some of you have experienced things that I have never experienced. You've experienced difficult things. Your life has been hard at times. I want you to understand that God has placed you where he has placed you for a purpose. 
there's a quote here by Dale Davis. He says, sometimes God may allow hardships to reach us because he wants his mercy to reach beyond us. This is not the only time that we see this happened in scripture, right? We see this happen all the time. In the book of Acts, the entire church, all of the Christians in the world at this time were in one city. What was that city? Jerusalem. It's not. It's okay. You got it. You got it. Be confident. You got it. Okay. Right? All the Christians in the world were in Jerusalem at this time. And when is it that the Christians decided to take the gospel and they spread out and took the gospel everywhere? When was it? What happened when Stephen was stoned? Notice that you had all of these Christians, thousands of them at this point, who were all in Jerusalem, and they were all growing comfortable knowing what was Jesus' command. Take the gospel to all the nations. What happens is you have Stephen, who is, who is bold about his faith. He is killed for his faith in Jesus, and the people run for their lives, and they scatter, and that is how the gospel began to spread. That is a sneak peek into our theme for staycation, by the way, right? It is, that is how the gospel began to spread. It began to spread through hardship, not through good things. Here's what you need to understand. Next time difficult things come upon you, think about what God may be trying to do through you. Think about what God may be trying to accomplish through you. See, God is rarely glorified in our comfort what we see is that ultimately what looks like a defeat for the people of Judah, the people of Israel, is actually God using some of them to take the good news of who he is to the other parts of the world. So here's something that's interesting. When Jesus is born, right, in, in, the, in the, the, the birth narrative of Jesus, we see that the shepherds go, and then, then we see that there's other people who go to worship Jesus. Who are these people? No, not quite. There's the shepherds and there's the, the wise men. There's the wise men. Where do the wise men come from? They come from the east, okay? They come from the east. They come from far in the east. And they came because they saw the star and they came. And what did they come asking for? What's that? Yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know. Uh, they, uh, I know, I know, I know. Hold on, hold on. Shh. That's not the point. Where, all right, they came from the east. They came from far away. They were not from Israel. So what did they come looking for? The king of the Jews. How would they know anything about the king of the Jews? Shh. Well, how would they know? Because the Jews didn't live in the east. The Bible didn't get to the east. How, how do we know, like? How did the Bible get there? Shh. People shared the word of God when? Okay, okay. Uh, here's what I'm trying to help you understand. Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity. There, the word of God was shared so that when they returned back from Babylon, hundreds and, hu hundreds, and hundreds of years later, People from that region of the world came looking for Jesus because of the difficulty that the people before them went through. You see what I'm trying to say? See, Daniel was on a mission from God. There's a purpose that God had for Daniel here. 
It was a difficult situation, but he was going to remain faithful. Are you guys with me? Because it doesn't seem like it. Everybody looking around, looking down on their phone, talking to people. Like, hang with me, all right? I'm not like, come on now. Okay, it's good to know. I'll slow down. All right. So we see the consequences, we see the circumstances of Daniel's faithfulness. Now we see the challenge of Daniel's faithfulness. What was it that Daniel was uh, going to have to do here in this situation? We just read it. Yeah, he was going to have to defy the king. The king had certain foods for Daniel to eat, and Daniel chose that not to eat them. Why did he choose not to eat them? He... Exactly. It would be sinful because it would be going against God's law, right? So Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they were about to go into this strict program, and they chose not to eat this food. But here's what, what we say. I kind of shared with you like how they would change all these things about them. Here's what they also did. So Daniel, his name means in Hebrew, my judge is God. They changed his name to Belteshazzar. Which means Bel, who is a pagan god, protects his life. Hananiah means Yahweh has shown grace. That they changed his name to Shadrach, which means the command of Aku, which is another pagan god. Mishael, his name means who is what God is. They changed his name to Meshach, which means who is what Aku is, which is another pagan god. Azariah, his name is Yahweh has helped. They changed his name to Abednego, which means servant of Nebo, which is another pagan god. What you see is they're constantly placing these, they're placing these new labels, these new names on these people. But here's the thing that we need to understand is that this world is going to try and place labels on you. This world's going to try and place labels on you. They're going to say, hey, this is what you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to value. Here's what you, this is what you're supposed to go think of as important, Right? These are the clothes you're supposed to wear. These are the th- these are the people. These are the p- things that you're supposed to want in a person. Blah, 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 blah. But what we see is that they may place these labels on you externally, but they cannot change you internally. See, the world will force labels and it will do everything to indoctrinate you into the ways of the world. But we have to understand that we have to remain strong in the things that we know are right. See, the, Dan- the Bible says here that Daniel resolved that he would not eat the food. He would not defile himself. He resolved. That phrasing literally means that he said it on his heart. This is a decision that Daniel made. See, the problem was that the food was, si- it would have been sinful for him to eat it. But Daniel knew this because he knew God's word. And here's something that's important for us to understand is that a lot of us, A lot of us need to understand that in order for us to be able to stand strong in what God has called us to do, we need to know what the Bible says. We need to know what the Bible says. A lot of people don't know what the Bible says, and because of that, they don't know how to live for God. Does that make sense? Daniel allowed the Bible to shape his convictions. He did not allow his convictions to shape the Bible. He wasn't going to compromise. He wasn't going to compromise no matter what. His priorities were firm. And here's the thing, is that Daniel was, had his priorities straight before he was challenged. Here, I want you to understand something, guys. Here, look. If you wait, honestly, if you wait to be challenged before you set your priorities, it's too late. It's too late. 
If you wait to set your priority, I'm going to come down here with y'all. If you, if you wait until the hard times come, you have waited too long. I've learned this, that everybody is in one of a few seasons. You're either in a battle, coming out of a battle, or about to go into one. Right? You're either in a battle, coming out of a battle, or about to go into one. And I want you to understand that the, that the decisions that you are making right now as middle school students are setting you up for who you will be when you are my age. I want you to know that I am the man that I am today because of the man I chose to be when I was a teenager. Now, I'm not saying I am perfect. What I'm trying to say is that you have to, that a lot of times you think, oh, I'm young, it, it doesn't matter, it's not that big of a deal. I have known people who are your age who have made decisions that have ruined their lives. Ruined. Please understand that if you want to be faithful to God when difficult times come, you start learning how to be faithful to God now. You don't wait until the difficulty comes. And that is how Daniel was able to be faithful, right? He was able to be faithful because he understood the situation before the situation came. Daniel was not going to conform. He was not going to change. And, but what's interesting, though, is like if you think about it, man, it's just food, right? It's just food. Like, why, like, what's the big deal about it just being food? I mean, I, I mean, it's just like, it's just a, such a small thing. Like, Daniel, all you have to do is just kind of just be quiet and just eat the food. It's not like they're asking you to murder anybody. But here's the thing, is that Daniel understood something that I think all of us need to remember is this. It's not about the size of the sin Daniel would have been committing. It's about the God he would have been sinning against. I've shared this analogy with you a million times, but if there's anyone in this room who has not heard this analogy, it's worth me sharing it again. That if you were to come up here, some of you already know where I'm going, and just like punch me in the face, right? Just, right? Just, and just hit me right in the face. Like, that would hurt. You'd probably get in trouble from your parents. But not much else. If Mr. Mike Hawkins, some of you know who that is. Okay. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't. Uh, he is he's a sheriff's deputy. Right? And if he was if if you go up to a sheriff's deputy who is on duty and you punch him in the face, you're going to jail. Right? You're going to jail. Or for you guys, you're going to like juvie or something like that. If you were to go all the way to Washington, DC. And find the president of the United States and, 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 and punch him, hold on, and punch him in the face, what would happen to you? You would probably die, right? They would probably just like blip, shoot you or something. Now, here's, here's what I want you to understand. Pay attention. What's, what's the difference? See how the crime, I mean, the punishment got more and more severe, but the action was still the same, right? 
See, what you notice is it wasn't the action that was the problem. It's who you committed the action against. Likewise, we need to understand when it comes to our sin, that it's not about the size of the sin. It's about the size of the God we are sinning against. That is why our sin is so serious. And that's why Daniel understood it doesn't matter how big or how small the sin is. I'm not going to do it because I know the God that I serve. And here's the thing is that a lot of us, especially some of us in this room, especially in middle school, I get it, is that our whole relationship with God is all about a set of moral rules. I do this. I don't do this. I do this. I don't do this. And a lot of times what we do is we just focus on the do's and don'ts, but we don't understand. We don't focus on the God who gave those instructions. And I want you to know if you're struggling with sin, struggling with temptation, the best way to overcome that is to not focus so much on the do's and don'ts, but focus on who God is. And the more you grow in understanding who God is, the more you'll take seriously your sin. And that's where Daniel was. He chose not to defile himself. And then we see the challenge to his faithfulness. Now we see the last thing, and that is the consequences of his faithfulness. What happened? Because he was faithful, what happened? Verse 9, it says, God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And then they agreed. All right, we're going to go 10 days, only vegetables and water. Now, I don't know if you've ever eaten only vegetables and water. But it does not sound delicious. I have some friends. I have some friends. Well, you got to understand, this is also like, you know, 600 B.C. Babylon. They don't have like Bobby Flay, you know, like, you know, cooking it up. Right. Uh, So here's the thing. Right. Right. I'm, I, so I'm going, I'm kind of doing a thing with some friends. We're doing like this 75-day thing where it's like, all right, like you work out for, you know, you do two 30-minute workouts every day, and you cut something out of your diet and all this stuff. And my friend is cutting soda out of his diet. If you know me, I'm like, mm-mm, I can't cut soda out of my like, Like, that's hard. That's super hard. Now, hold on, hold on. This is not diet advice. But it's hard. And what we see is we understand is that Daniel's saying, no, give me just vegetables and water for 10 days. Now, if you ate only vegetables and water for 10 days, you can imagine you're going to lose a ton of weight. It's not healthy. And the eunuch is like, yo, that's not a good idea. But what happens after these 10 days, what do we see? Is that they're actually fatter than everybody else. They're bigger than everybody else. And how did that happen? How is it that they gave for 10 days and give these people just vegetables and water and then all these other people, they can give them all the food from the king's table. How does that happen? It's because God worked a miracle. Here's what we need to understand is that we need to remember that, guys, stop talking. Please. We need to understand that God is in control. And a lot of times we feel like we're kind of caught in a box and the only choice we have is to be disobedient. But we need to remember that God is in control. God can do whatever he wants. Right? God can do whatever he wants. 
We see God literally work a miracle here. The Bible is full of miracles that are so easily overlooked. And I want you to understand that many of us are having living lives where the God has performed so many miracles in our lives that we just overlook them every day. So many people focus on what they don't have that they don't spend any time thanking God for what they do have. But Daniel understood this. Daniel understood that God is faithful and God remained faithful. Then what we see is, here's what we also see, is because uh, the chief of the eunuchs finds that uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were all like fatter in flesh, that they were healthier. Man, that's awesome. What did he do with everybody else? Gave them the same stinking thing, okay? Now, if I was one of them, I would probably be furious, right? But, but they, he, they end up giving them the same thing. But here's what I want you to understand, right? Who, what do we know about all of these other people that we don't really know their names? We don't know anything about them. We know that they are also from Israel. It's the same people. So what we see is that Daniel is not the only person in this situation, but Daniel and his three friends were the only ones to remain faithful. And I want you to understand, don't judge your faithfulness to God based off other people. See, a lot of times we compare ourselves by ourselves, right? We say, well, I'm good because I'm not as bad as this person. But I want you to understand, all of us, including myself, are bad in comparison to Jesus, right? It's not about are you going to be faithful and then everybody else. No, it's like are you going to be faithful when no one else is? Are you going to listen when no one else is listening? Are you just going to talk with everybody else? Or when everybody else is making decisions that they shouldn't be making, like drinking things they shouldn't drink or smoking things they shouldn't smoke or going to parties they shouldn't go to, are you going to go or are you going to be the one person that does the right thing? What are you going to do? You choose whether you are faithful or not. What we see is because they were faithful, they ended up making the other ones be faithful. They understand this, is that when you are faithful, it will oftentimes encourage others to be faithful as well. So what do we do with this story? We talk about, okay, yeah, we want to be faithful to God, but we need to remember that ultimately this is that your faithfulness to God will always pale in comparison to God's faithfulness to you. Well, here's the question. Why do I be faithful to God? Because... He's been faithful to you. See, we live in a world where it's like, I, I talked about this on Sunday, right? It's very transactional in nature, right? Like, you know, I will, like, love you as long as you do X, Y, and Z. I'll care about you as long as you do the ABC, as long as you do this or that. And, and what happens is as soon as you don't do something, as soon as you do something I don't like, okay, I'm not going to love you anymore. I'm not going to care for you anymore. But we need to understand is that that's not how God works. Is that God is faithful to us even when we are not faithful to him. And a lot of times what happens is because we fall short all the time. Oh, look, I'm a pastor. I fall short all the time. I want you to understand that, that it's normal to fall short. But understand this, is that God's faithfulness to you is not dependent on how faithful you are to him. 
So if you're in this room, you're like, man, like I've made so many mistakes, Mike. You don't understand. You know what you need to understand is that our God is faithful to keep his promises. What does our God say? He says that if anyone, 1 John 1, 9, well, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God is faithful to keep his promises because they're not dependent on us. If you want to be able to be faithful to God, remember how he's been faithful to you. Remember how Jesus died on the cross in your place, how he took your punishment and my punishment upon himself so that you and I wouldn't have to. He took our sin and he gave us his righteousness. He took the punishment that we deserved so that we could take the reward that he deserved. Man, that's good news. So how do we be faithful? We remember God's faithfulness. Simple. And when you're struggling, focus on God's faithfulness. Read the Bible. See how God has been faithful to you. And remind your friends when they're struggling. Remind them of how God has been faithful to them. And when you're struggling, allow your friends to remind you of how God has been faithful to you.